struggling with that uh, post-reformation. The life is good. Welcome <laughs> to Fallout Podcast episode 60-something. It's a Fallout special with all kinds of shenanigans. Tonight we are looking at ERA 2003-2008, which uh, contains the following albums. Real New Fall OP, formerly known as Country on the Click, Fall Heads Roll, Reformation Post-TLC, and Imperial Wax Solvent. Joined by Pip and the Walker, but not Sage. Because he's on his no work today. No sage. No, How's Pip? I'm uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, I was trying to work out what the difference between reflecting and genuflecting is. Whatever, whichever one I was doing, one of the albums that we're going to be reviewing today. It surprised me how how, uh, how consistent it's been. Well, genuflecting would be to kneel and give praise to something, and so so when Neil does it, exactly, he's not here tonight. Uh, what about Alistair? How is he? What about him? Exactly. Shipman indeed and uh, the story I've been singing so- that all week that is weird I was singing that for some reason that song was stuck in my head all week any, any song or phrase that someone says to me it's like the part life thing isn't it but this is Shipman every time somebody says a phrase it's just a shit man after it <laughs> Story so far, four friends form band post pistols, gig frill, Brammer, Baines, Smith, M, then Baines out, Riley in, Paulet in, Burns in and out, witch trials, Shanley, Scanlon, Dragnet, P. Hanley in, Slates, Hexenauer, two drummers, undilutable slang truth, Riley out, exclamation mark, perverted, Bricks, E. Smith in, wonderful and frightening, Lecky on the boards, professional panpiper, Simon Rogers in, the poop era begins. TNSG, not that good, says Fallout Podcast. Funky Sigh in The Curse of Ben Sinister. Future Pain, Dr. Marsha Schofield in Orange Ballet. Clark, Friends, UK Top 20. Seminal, the worst piece of shit I ever have been involved in, says Pain Doctor. Bricks out. The 90s, major label. Extricate, Brammer is back. Sequences, fiddles, Craig Leon, Marsha out. Brammer out. Shift work. The Bush era, computers, code selfish, dropped, top 10 LP, MCR, Burns is back, Bricks is back, Scanlon is chiseled, Nagel in, light user, hurrah, Bricks quits for good, boo, levitate, the fight, arrest, abuse, things fall apart, the midpoint of no return, Shanley out, Burns out for good, boo, end of an era, part two, Marshall, Wilding, unutterable, Blaney in, are you our missing winner? Broke fall. What? Pritchard Burt whistle. Future TLCs. And now the Elaney era begins. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, well, it's what all traded. What a ride it's fucking been. So we start off with uh, Country on the Click, uh, which fans know is Country on the Click, but uh, the rest of the world, known as the Real New Fall LP, formerly Country on the Click, 2003. Let's have a listen to a selection of tracks from that every record. Week. Every week. Give me the, give me the controls. Give me the ear. controls for Heart of Pip. Amateurs. Amateurs. Amateurs.
record. So in uh, release in 2003, uh, recorded at Gracie Lands in Rochdale, post-punk, says Wikipedia, um, produced by Showbiz and Smith. Lineup: Ben Pritchard, Jim Watts, Dave Milner, Elena Pulu, Marky Smith. So it's the first one that has Eleni on it. And uh, then the core lads that they, that would go on to be the TLCs, sort of. Yeah. What uh, What's your take on this record, Pip? Just flicking through the album then. It's so strong, this album. There's so many songs that really knock it out of our work. It's quite a testament to the band. Like an album this strong really is so late into the band's career. Um, and so many of these songs have really been hooked in my head this week as well. I was, I was laughing before about a shit man being uh, being the one that kind of lodged in my brain. But as I was playing through them songs, then I was thinking, I have hummed every single one of these songs at some point this week when the record has not been played. It's so hook heavy as an album that it's it would be a great first album to introduce somebody to the fall. I think it's incredibly accessible, uh, but doesn't seem to lose any of the, the fall energy about it all. I think incredibly strong showing up at Merck's on really good form, performance-wise, but also the songs are really, really great songs. There's some, there's some real treats on this album, isn't there? I mean, the obvious one, I think, for me, would be Janet, John and Jane, but the rock stuff's great. Um, there's some really heavy tunes on it, but pulled away. And do you know what? I've listened to Mike's Love Hexagon as well several times this week, more than I needed to. That is just such a solid tune. So, yeah, I've got a big, big soft spot for this album anywhere, and I think that I don't call it out of these four this is probably one that I've enjoyed listening to the most really um, so yeah yeah, big big thumbs up I agree so 23rd studio album something is explained by the fact that the tracks were originally scheduled for release under the title Country in the Click but Smith was unhappy with the mix and basically complained I'm guessing he complained about Grant's show business stuff but I don't know who this Elfie was perfect in March but then you trust people who shall remain nameless to go away and it comes by sounding like Doctor Who meets Posh Spice you have to go back and strip <laughs> it down to basically what it was I don't know what that means <laughs> well here's the interesting thing right so the, the full version of Country on the Click is on YouTube so you can listen to the versions he's talking about and they are a little bit more psychedelic I don't get the Posh Spice I'm, I reckon he's talking like a pop sheen which I don't know if I, I see that but I definitely I get the, the Doctor Who psychedelic kind of vibe a little bit more if you listen and that same thing actually happens later when you listen to the Britannia Row ones that Grant Showbiz mixed and I think it's the same thing I bet I think basically in both those instances Grant Showbiz or someone mixed them and Smith just came in and said nah take all that off and just just make it meat and potatoes but the fact is that this album is unique because of the deft touches and the weirdness and the pub rock kind of stuff hasn't lodged itself in in there yet it's in a little bit but from the next album on it's really there it sounds a bit like the uh, the Beefheart experience with uh, um, was it strictly personal the one with Beetle Bones where like Beefheart really wasn't happy with the the recording of it some of it is actually okay on that like but I can completely get his point where they're like fit, putting phase effects on drums and stuff like that so you know you can kill something with production very easily like and it's like the Albini thing about getting a band to sound you know how it sounds in the room rather than how it sounds in a you know a two grand a day studio for 
fair play to him for that. I think so. And getting that, the actual saying, like, I'll be, I'll be near the cell, like, if you're a shit man and you sound shit, I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm going to record you as you sound. And that's that's what I do. That's my style. And other producers do put, you know, bring in their own signature sound that bands might want. But um, no, it seems like Smith was of the Albini kind of camp, which is why it's such a, a, a tragedy that uh, he never got to produce those four albums that would have been sure brilliant for the 10 minutes that Smith was able to work with him before he stormed out and sacked him and went back to Pete Waterman. Big Black Girl was shit. <laughs> Here's what Ezra says. Real new fall, LP. Here the fall blossomed into the imperial phase of their autumnal majesty. Real new fall reminds me of this nation's saving grace, a collection of tightly honed bangers. There may be a lack of the kind of classics that stand head and shoulders above most of the discography, but each and every track plays its part to perfection. The album has a kind of south-of-the-border cowboy sci-fi vibe like Morricone murmuring from a shallow grave just off the drive to one of the more loosey-goosey Ayakusa Vomariums. Seems like showbiz and maybe Watts played a central role in some of the technological aspects. Showbiz's original vision was of a fall drenched in synth tones and psychedelic puke. I expected I would hate it, but it's actually pretty good. Smith's preferred mix is the one I'd plump for. However, you know, there's there's a history of that all the way through. Uh, McCartney went back and did Let It Be Naked, right? And there's a mix of one of the Stooges albums, right? That Was it Bowie who mixed it? And, and Iggy Pop eventually oh, went back. Oh, what do you think of uh, Real New Fall LP? Well, you kind of like mentioned it. Well, we've been talking about the production, and it? it's it's bloody great. I think it's one of the best sounding Fall LPs out there. As it's been said before, all the songs are like very, very strong. But the opening song, though, Green Eye Local Man's a pretty weak song, really. It's probably the weakest one on it. And to, just to put it first, is uh, it's a bit of a mad decision, like, you know, but it gets it overly quick, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> Barter FC is uh, you know, absolute cracker. Like, I, I was surprised, like, when we covered it on the uh, podcast last time that it, none of you seem to know that it was used for like the BBC football scores thing every Saturday they used to be playing it and that's why they got Smith doing the uh, uh, reading the results and considering the content of the song the lyrical content and what it's about it's a very very interesting choice for uh, you know like family tea time watch the football results come in like you know Chelsea FC fans this is your last day <laughs> We live on blood. Yeah, beautiful stuff. But uh, you know, you got like some glam rocky sounding stuff in there, like you know, like Mountain Energy. Mike loves Zexagon as well. Some lovely like discord guitar all the way through. It's really varied because I mean, like you got like the you know the Janet Johnny and James, which sounds like golden brown, but you know, in a more forky slant to it, and uh, like it's sped up a little bit, which you know, it completely sounds different from you know, likes of Sparta. It was Portugal on there as well. Uh, bonus tracks so they. I think the, it came uh, out in the States with a slightly different lineup, and Portugal's on the American version, which interestingly, part of the cover was drawn by uh, John Dwyer from the OCs, which I find out this week. But uh, yeah, the American version has Mad Mock Mo- Goth and Portugal on it, which um, Portugal's brilliant. Yeah, he definitely should have been on the, the original. Yeah, there's lots of really strong ones on there. Contraflow, lovely, eternal guitar on there. You know, it, it, even the, the Hazelwood covers all care, like, you know, for a cover. Uh, so that you know that's that's a pretty good press for me yeah in, in context it works and uh, yeah I actually agree with you that Green Ed Locom is, is my least favourite and it's the one that's most pub rocky 
I think from Mountain Energy onwards, absolutely. I think it's the, probably my favourite album to listen to back to front. Stick Portugal on there and cover it instead of Green Eyed Locomon and I'm calling it. <laughs> fair play, fair play, Brendan. Here's something you might not know, Al. The theme from Sir IRC uh, from 2500 was used as the theme music for Final Score, the BBC, uh, when, the, when they read the football results. And then because of that, Smith was actually asked to read out the classified results surprised you didn't know that as someone who no you're hitting me brendan you're pulling me tail someone is a football fan here are some things that wikipedia think are important alex leonard to pitchfork called it a valuable album as anything they fall ever released in the 1990s all music's david jeffries said gives the faithful another reason to believe while andres loco for the expression was positive smith grinds and spits on everything sometimes incomprehensible sometimes insanely entertaining and here is the thing every time I always try and find for the albums that we think are good I try and find reviews that say it's terrible and vice versa no negative reviews on anywhere they're not on Metacritic not on Amazon not on Radio Music everybody everybody said nice things is the only album so far that I could not find people shitting all over it which is interesting what does Tim what does Tim think well he's put yeah he's put that he was really surprised that we didn't know that from 2005 until about 2009 the song theme from Spice FC was used in final score on the BBC's television on Saturday afternoon football score and because of that yeah. <laughs> that's why they invited Marky Smith to do the scores what Mark Smith did the scores yeah. I can't believe we're still learning such valuable information at this point in the podcast like I say he was just very surprised we didn't know that already uh, he's, put, awesome. he's put some other things as well uh, he's put I think this is the most recently released fall album when I first explored the music and I got it early on and was absolutely blown away. This has got to be up there with the best of them. A complex and multifaceted sound, far more developed and thought through than most other fall albums. Comparing it to Country on the Click, it makes me wish more of their albums were leaked so that they could have had to go back and work a bit more. For me, the final product is definitely preferable. The real highlights for me are the more obscure and naughty bits like Zero Theft, the past Zexagon protein protection recovery kit. They all have their own world and hint at hidden things. Bloody brilliant shit. Yes, and it's that light touch and the naughty stuff that sets it apart from some of the meatier stuff that was to follow in my in my mind as well as the just the songwriting. So here we go. I'll throw you a review. You tell me whether this is reasonable. Um, for about half of the album, um, it sounds like it could be as good as any of the best albums from the fall. Unfortunately, after about four songs, it falls off a cliff. The songs on the final version are too polished and sound rushed and hurried, and there's something lacking I just can't put my finger on. I generally give a new fall album a uh, listen for weeks on end, but I got tired of this one real quick. How about that, Pip? Uh, I think it's wrong. I, I would, if I was being charitable, I would say there's, there are bits of arrangements on some of the songs where it feels a little bit where perhaps that could have been worked a bit more but nothing that distract the album there's certainly nothing boring on there it's uh, I, 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 so I, I think on, on genuflection that's uh, wrong fair enough um, how about this Al I can hear the evidence of Pro Tools with the cut and paste mez everywhere and that's a bit of a cop out digressions in the technical stuff aside 
Johnny, ja- Jonathan James and things like that just don't work. I don't like the ones where he sings in a quieter voice. Maybe Midnight in Aspen, but the rest of them, he just can't quite find his voice on those kind of tracks. Well, you know, they say uh, opinions are like assholes, aren't they? And, uh, that's that, must be, that must be Fallhead's role, mustn't it? It's got Midnight in Aspen. No, he's comparing it to that where it's the, the light singing. Oh, right. I yeah. think so. Uh, I think well, yeah, you can see Mr. used to give journalists such an hard time, can't you? Because they're so full of shit. But don't you want to respond to the content of, of what this person has said rather than the abstract concept of bad reviews? Well, it's not just that it's a bad review. It's just that it's, like, wrong, you know? It's like, all right, yeah, Pro Tools. Everybody was bloody using Pro Tools. What are you complaining about there? Was that the one which said it fell off the, a cliff after the fourth song? Obviously, no, that, that was, was uh, that was the, the first one that fell was... Uh, on this, this one said Pro Tools ruined it and you can't sing over those quiet songs. You can't. It's, it's all part of the, the dynamic, though. It's, you know, you've got to have a bit of a Variety, or else it's just it's all the same. It's boring. It's it's the the variety that, that makes it interesting, and there's a hell of a lot of variety on here. Like if you look at the content on it, I mean, the stuff that sort of like reminds me of Cam, the stuff that reminds me of Morricone, the stuff that reminds me of the Hives. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's done very competently. I agree. I think so, and I, I do think when he does his soft singing, it's perfect. It's beautiful. We've said this so many times. He can he can sing over anything. If you don't like his voice, fair enough. But if you got uh, any kind of liking for the Smith take on things, he nails pretty much any style of music that you give him. Yeah, you either like it or you don't. Though. Yeah. Uh, there's no in-between. All right, lad. Let's have a listen to a bit of an interview before we move on. This is from the Tom Robinson interview in... Um, 2004. It's actually a very good interview. He digs uh, Smith's like seems to like him because I think they go back a long way. Tom Robinson was like a, a rock and racism, punky kind of chap, right? So did he go to be gay, guy? Did he? Um, yeah, yeah. Two, That's right. I love that song. Him as well. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be gay. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to listen to his, uh, his, was it Radio 6? Did he used to have a show on? Probably This is the one from Radio 6. And um, essentially, yes, he really digs into some interesting stuff about Smith's love of reggae and stuff. So let's have a bit of a listen to this. What you just heard there was the fall. Mark, whenever we hear your, your lyrics and it talks about I, we never know if it's you or a character that you're assuming in, in the course of the songs. Mm-hmm. I mean... Why do you put yourself into other people's shoes so much in the in the way you approach it? I, th- I think that's important to do that in music. It, it gives you a kind of much wider canvas you can choose from if you're not just telling your own Joni Mitchell stories about your life and your loves and everything. That's right, yeah, I find that very boring. You know. A lot of people do assume that um, it's me talking. You know. Just because you say I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But that can get you into trouble. I mean, someone like Randy Newman, when it, when he's talking about good old boys or uh, a short people or whatever, they always assume that's Randy Newman talking. Or mm. David Byrne does talks about being a terrorist and this mm. Most fall fans seem a bit more intelligent than that. They seem to recognise that. A lot of it's wastage, isn't it, you know, in music. You know. Yeah, we've talked about that stuff a bit before, right, haven't we? Like, he's a... He's playing a character in a lot of his songs, but you, they're not, it's not always obvious. In some of them, obviously, but in others, it's it's a bit harder to work that out. I think it's there's there's an element of plausible deniability with it, isn't there? Where he's he knows that he's playing fast and loose. That perhaps he can say things like a ventriloquist dummy can perhaps say things that the ventriloquist can't say. Can't say that, um, man. No, you can't say that. Wasn't me. It was a character. Um, so it's. 
I can understand why uh, some people might find that frustrating, but I do think that is part of Barcelona's charm. It's it's a very it's a very strangely postmodern bit that isn't it? Where for for an artist who quite obviously revels in modernity and the the tools of modernity to kind of play his trade, that in itself is a very postmodern thing. That tricksy, where does the irony start and finish kind of uh, vibe? to it but I, I think you don't really get many artists nowadays doing that kind of putting a character on and singing from the perspective of somebody else it's much more narcissistic music these days isn't it I think and it's always been a bit of a fringe thing but it used to happen more I think David Bowie's the obvious one isn't he adopting characters and kind of but he's so influenced by music theatre and his stuff anyway that he kind of you expect it um, and you do get it in hip hop from time to time I don't you know who's, is, who's the, 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 the woman that I'm thinking is it John L or something like that who she does quite conceptually based albums oh, it's Jan- Janelle Monet. yeah Janelle Monet. so I was thinking of yeah so there's and and what's his face out of outcast and that you know so there's characters aren't there that, that do that type of thing but it's it's uh, it's it's a more challenging form of art because you've got to put a lot more thought into it because there's, there's, it's not just about coming up with words of music it's world building as well isn't it and character yeah the, the fact that the eye isn't isn't you and, it, and there's no explanation of that that's that is an interesting mm-hmm. kind of thing and um yeah that kind of uh the end of modernism i don't see 22 where it's written from multiple perspectives and you're not really sure who's writing i remember reading the sound in the fury once and I, I think i had a bit of a fever at the same time and it, i i I had to put it down because it starts from the perspective of a, a kid with a developmental disability and uh, you don't know that. And so you're reading the first few pages and, and it doesn't is that, make is that sense. The fault? Yeah, it doesn't make sense if you don't know that. And as soon as you realise that, I had to stop. And I read somewhere in between what it was and I was like, okay, I, I can I can now try. It still didn't make a lot of sense, but I didn't think I was going mad the second time I read it. It's like... <laughs> um, Shall we move on to Fall Heads Roll? Oh. All right, so let's have a, have a listen to um, Fall Heads Roll from 2005. <laughs> Talking about yourself You think you're a giant You think you're a nothing Yeah. <laughs> 
sticks around as if he were on so Roll. Alternative Rock, released on a slogan label, I don't know anything about, produced Smith, Simon Dingarcher, who then went on to be in the Pixies and, and um, Holly Harvey's band. Uh, lineup Smith, Pritchard, Trafford, Burt Whistle, Palou, so um, Jim Watts is out on bass and Steve Trafford's in, and these are the three that would very quickly ditch him mid-tour and become the infamous TLCs. 24th studio album um blindness stuff about shipment um alex petridis of the guardian said head turning quality and the riffs that could strip paint and uh, nick reynolds said the album's as erratic as smith always is sometimes he's sharp as a needle sometimes he's incomprehensible but what does alistair think um it's a good follow-up from um, country on the click uh, it's not quite as strong like but it's, it's still got that variety there you know you've got like the the bordemic on there for your northern country and western kind of thing emphasis on the cunts I, you know been beautiful stuff that sort of really kind of you know makes me think of was it that one that's like okay yeah yeah, it's, yeah uh, Midnight in Aspen yeah, it, it kind of like sounds like Gil Gilberto or something like that you know like a Tropicalia 1960s Brazilian thing it's got like it, without sounding cheesy you know because it's so easy to just turn out some cliche nonsense if you're trying to write in a certain style Um, but you know like if you're comparing it you say it was 2004 this yeah it was uh, 2005 it came out so about a year after um... like catching mine back to, to then and sort of like what was going around like with guitar bands and you know what they were churning out it's a pretty strong LP because I mean like you, you had, but I think it was a time when um, guitar bands really started blanding out uh, I don't know if it was like a post oasis thing where it was just like bland is acceptable and you had like bands like Travis and Coldplay and stuff like that just you know making the grass growing sound interesting Biggest indie albums of 2005, Franz Ferdinand. 
the national guerrillas demon days editors um the hold steady yeah all of that kind of springsteeny shit although you'll know it's by trail of the dead and uh, and uh, the cribs were around at that point and they were, i always had a bit of a soft spot for them kaiser chief's employment was was huge that year Ooh. not remembering all these reading them off the internet no it's, it's like it's post-traumatic stress kicking in here like when you mentioned in some of these names uh, but yeah yeah there's some great stuff on there and you know like there's bits on there that kind of like they, they remind me of like bands that were going around at the time that were a bit more underground you know like sort of uh, some of the cling clang um, spin-off bands like Part Chimp and Mugstar um, oh, yeah. they were decent stuff and I think uh, that fits in more with that kind of thing than you know like what was commercial at the time and what was selling because somehow everybody went deaf I don't I don't know if it happened but it just did aye aye it was, uh, it was quite a time wasn't it post Nirvana post Oasis with a bit of a waste and maybe but uh, this this had its charms for sure and here's what Ezra had to say Fall heads roll absence of showbiz revealed a rock roots return for the group a strong contenders for one of the most gloriously terrible album covers ever at least it telegraphs the strong presence of rock to the onlooker musically it's a potent two fist coupled with previous a great set and the presence of one of the last truly excellent fall epics in the shape of the monstrous blindness it was obvious to all that the only way from here was up and here and in the forward go on to carve a late period triptych for the ages i'm guessing he's not referring to next record <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what does pip think all heads roll so i think out of the four albums this is the one that i kind of struggled with the most in terms of thinking of some clever to say about it really it was slightly more interesting than uh the the sentiment that we've i think we're all going to say which is this is kind of where the pubby pubby rock really starts to manifest itself and perhaps more in the second part of this album rather than the first part like, like you said it has got it got its drives. I think Midnight in Askwood is one of the most beautiful songs that the fall ever recorded. I think it's up there with anything else that is, you know, Iceland and stuff like that. I think it's tender and it's it's meaningful in a way that isn't kind of uh it, it doesn't stick the room up with nostalgia or any kind of sentimentality, but it is genuinely kind of heartfelt and beautiful. Um and I think the first half of the album is surprisingly strong, even though I'm not gonna be like overly gushy about this album. I think that um it's got some great tunes in it. I really like Pacify Enjoy. I know we did it a few weeks ago, I don't know, but it that's kind of won its place in my heart really is as a just a fun song, I guess. And there's a lot of fun songs on it. Ride Away always makes me laugh, um, just because it's so weird. There is a thing about the first full track on an album is not what anybody else picks to be the first track on the album. This is another one of them, isn't it? Like I was saying about being a local man, it's again in that trend. But it's wonderful, and it's in its very bizarre, quirky kind of way. It's uh, it's it is actually a great tune, and is a is a complete um, blind in terms of the way that the album actually goes because it isn't angular and bizarre is it as an album it's fairly straightforward really even Midnight in Aspen is a straightforward song it's beautiful but it's, it's there's nothing complicated going on with it um, but I, do you know what it is for me I think it, when it hits a shoe that's when you can hear Reformation TLC actually being born it's, it's it, it happens before that album but that's the song that it happens on because I can't hear a shoe I, and I have the same 
same instant thought every time I hear it, which is, is this our Reformation TLC? Yeah, it's it's systematic abuse take one, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. And um, there's the second half of the album, I, I think he's, he's limping a little bit. But, you know, it's it's got it's got a good, I think Early Days of Channel Fury is a good song. And it's it's not, there's nothing that would make me switch the album off. But I'm not coming back to this album a whole lot, to be totally honest with you. It's, uh, it's one of them where I would pick a few tracks off it. But it's not an album that I'm listening to. No, and I think, it yeah, like the meaty, pubby stuff kind of steps up. It's missing the light, deft touch of the of the last album which is interesting although um jim watts did have a lot of hand in the uh in kind of writing and production i think of of country on the click which he's not on this album so i wonder whether he but then again he was in are oh, you are missing winner so i <laughs> All bets are off. What what happened? (laughs) And it's like, you look at the album and and I guess Sublingual Tablets, the other one for me, it's like, what happened? The album before it and the album after it are nothing special. They've got great tracks on it, but this one, that that one just knocks it out and the same with Country on the Grid. This, it seems to be really popular with people who kind of okay with like the rock, the indie rock, more straight ahead indie rock version of the fall. It's definitely more populist and um, I can see why. But yeah, Ride Away is a total misdirect. Miss Midnight and Aspen is beautiful. Um, early days of Channel Fuhrer. The rest, though, Pacifying Joint, Blindness, Odemic, Even I Can Hear the Grass Grow, You Want to Clasp Hands. They're all cut from very similar cloth. And it's at times, it's like, this, is, it, is this the same song? Not really. They're different enough. But there's all that those five or six make up half of the record and they're, they're very. They do. The, I, I totally agree with all that. And I think what I was saying a few weeks ago about that shift in the in the dynamic where it feels more like songs to be played at a big festival uh, rather than the, the more standard fall approach of crafting these weird audit, audit, sonic oddities. Um, it seems much more around how do we get the crowd clapping or what's the one that's going to make everyone run to the front of stage kind of tunes um, but I mean that's that's my ear it, as with all these things as we're finding with the, uh, the, the the questions that you're putting out on social media and asking people about what their takes are and that it's like people come to it's a broad church isn't it people come to the fall fall kind of different things and it's like I know Invisible Stew's like massively into this era isn't he it's like one of his favourite bits yeah. um but maybe maybe it's just us carrying the scars of hearing too many pop rock bands. <laughs> it could be, but yeah, we threw out that question this week because uh, you know is is Reformation TLC the worst fall album? Not even close, right? And amazingly, like several hundred people, like two hundred and fifty people weighed in on it, um, <laughs> and a good chunk of them were like, "No, it's cerebral cost," <laughs> which we which we agree with, ladies. Like, but but um, got me thinking. Right, I'm talking about the next album now already but I'll leave that when we, we get to it did get me thinking um, and reassessing What's the worst album is it terrible caustic or reformation TLC that's the real question but there's a real question for me because I actually had I had approached cerebral caustic liking it because the songs I knew I liked and so I gave it a bit more of a break I approached reformation disliking it because the songs I heard first I disliked and so cerebral caustic got a pass and, and reformation was was having his work cut out but now I think I've got a slightly more objective view on it but still it's a lot of fun isn't it you know always the discordian discordianist 
isn't he? All a scam. All a scam. This is probably the closest, Fall Heads Roll, probably the closest the Fall ever came to being a normal indie rock band. Surprisingly full and muscular for a band known for their scratchy and industrial post-punk sound. Doesn't really sound like them. Just a little bit too healthy, not febrile, febrile and scabby. This sounds like Marky Smith moonlighting with some monster riffage outfit. That's not too bad for a review, really. I think that's um, it, it's some very uh, uh, good points well made. Yeah, because, I mean, as you've kind of discussed, it is where that kind of later sound comes in, where it sounds like they're getting a little bit lazy, a bit, lazy, a bit kind of like pubby. Um, but overall, it's not a bad LP. Aye. How about this one uh, for you, Pip? An unexpected return to form for the fall who haven't recorded anything good for for 10 years. The Green Album, where the theme seems to be recycling deliberately elements from previous fall songs, uh, What About Us appears to have the same tune as Pacifying Joint, and Bo Demick echoes middle-class revolts, Hey Student, and uh, Blindness has lyrics from Chicago Now of Extricate. Like that? Oh, uh, it's it's not too far off the mark. I think it's... Um, I, I, I would probably be slightly more charitable than this particular person about this album. But I do get where they're coming from. We've uh, we've already said this is kind of where the uh, the order of the sewer pub rock is kind of make its whiffy presence known. Um, I guess it is. I was thinking about the other review as well that you read. So wow, I, I I think I probably agree with with that kind of type as well. That this is um, this is close as you're going to get to like a normal album <laughs> from the fall, isn't it? Uh, both with its heavy varnish production and slightly disappointing album fillers <laughs> that are on here. Yeah. Which was the which was the extricate song that you were saying uh, well the one off extricate that uh, sounded like blindness. It's not sounding like they're saying lyrics from Chicago now and I think we've mentioned that when we read when we did the song. Let me just um Yeah. I'll just make a brew whilst you're doing that. We'll drain some more kittens. Well another one Lander. Uh, like do it. do you yeah. work hard? Doesn't doesn't he say do you work hard through blindness as well as he says on Chicago yeah. now? I think so. so. I think that's the the connection. But I wouldn't go as far as to say it's recycling. But I, I made the point earlier. The yeah, what about us and pacifying joint and a few others mm. have riffs that are quite similar. And that is not to say that we dislike any of those. Same goes for Imperial Wax, where I think the pub stuff really kicks in. Mm. But, uh, none of it's none of it's bad. Well, that's not true. Some of it is bad, but <laughs> most of it's not bad. What does Tim? Some of it's forgivable. Exactly. What does Tim <laughs> think of this record? Well, as we said before, this is one of his favorite uh, periods, isn't it? So let's put it, let's see what he's put. Right. Very fond of this one too, probably because it was the first I had the chance to buy and release. Hear the Peel session and see them live. Got that. Great band line. Some lovely meditative moments here, like Aspen and Channel Fury. I like the weirdness of some of the stompers too, like assume bodemic path pans you wanna. Sort of unsettled. Blindness is the obvious highlight and is a monument. Live is phenomenal. Indeed, indeed. So all in all, we quite like it, but um not as much as the previous one. Now, basically, things once again went to shit in between this album and the next did we, one. Did we what else were there? I think so. I think I started with let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um yeah, he goes on about rock and the cover of the album is showing about rock. Oh. But it was like half an hour ago at this point. <laughs> 
So <laughs> <laughs> who knows what happens? So things went to shit again when in the middle of the uh, American tour, Bert Whistle, um, Bert Whistle, Pritchard and Trafford ditched him. And uh, this was about the era when he was right, just wrote um, Renegade just after this, wrote in a somewhat liberal air quotes. Uh, he, uh, where he's banging on about Ben Pritchard and spent the first whistle in not a very nice light and how great Reformation is all the way through the book. Um, I love, I, sorry, I've got to say this, it's like it's supposed to be a biography of like a 50-year-old bloke and he starts off with like some whippersappers that pissed him off the week yeah. It's just like a big rant. Away from you. I know, just totally, uh, like, uh, as much as they might have annoyed him to dedicate the first 20 pages of your biography <laughs> about it, to, to them is a bit harsh. Because it's not long before that when when the, um, it, it's not repetition, it's discipline that um, that documentary came out and it's got that band is where they're talking and they're all talking about how great it is and it's brilliant. And it's like three months later, they sacked and it's um or they ditched him so they ditch him in the middle of the tour he, he gets hold of uh, the band uh darkness uh dark and my love which has um tim presley um rob Bar- barbato and orfeo mccord basically a bunch of american indie kids and he brings them on to be the new fall um along with dave the eagle spur who shows up for some of it as well but presley has gone on since then to do some really good stuff as White Fence and especially his drinks with um, his partner um, Peter Le Bon Kate Le Bon yeah um, so let's have a bit of a listen to Reformation post TLC if you don't mind just the best ones just the best ones <laughs> I think it's over now I think it's ended I think it's over now I think it's beginning A seven-year cycle seems to happen every day I walk up the hill and then descend in every way I think it's all Descended every way Don't love you and I never did <laughs> to promise they portion to promise tale of the usher the and the one who 
was born him and what for the one who threatened you with no money you veterans gay puppy on TV Turning into the most contentious and interesting discussion, um, <laughs> just because, all right, so I, I went back to it, listening to it again this week, and, and realized that I, I really quite like Reformation of the Song and Fall Sound. An ill insult song, Coach and Horses, The Usher, The Right Stuff, Does Boat. And I can even get on board with systematic abuse at this point. So I'm like, I, I like 60% of this album, which is more than quite a few other albums. So we got on and we sent put that poll out, and people were like, no. And the, the second, the one that most people would say, they cited Levitate, which I'm not, I'm not having at all. That's just that's nonsense. But they also cited uh, Cerebral Caustic. And as I was saying, I had a soft spot for Cerebral Caustic because I knew the joke on Life Just Bounces, which uh, two songs I, I really love. And Phoenix. I, I knew I knew Bonkers and Phoenix a little bit, but um, I didn't. But, I, but Life Just Bounces is one of my favourite. And then it, we listened to it, and fair enough, that, that first half is, is, is hard going, but then I like the aphid and pine leaves, which only gives me like four or five songs on Cerebral Caustic that I, I would go back to. So I'm like, all right, well then it's hard to say that post-Reformation, that Reformation is the worst album if I can enjoy most of it. And some of the other stuff is so bad, like Scenario. And and that line, um, and descending every way is so bad. It's been going through my head for the whole week. Descending every way, it just is the laziest, worst. It's like when kids write a poem and they, they're like, you know, I put my iPhone in the car and then I said, ha, 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 ha. And it's like just the worst laziest kind of line. It's like, <laughs> but I just give him the benefit of the doubt. It's just it's ridiculous, it's disgraceful, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, there's my two pence on Reformation Post TLC. Uh, Pip, what about you? 
Uh, okay, so it's a weird one listening to it now, because when we first started the podcast, this was easily my least favourite album, but that's Shadow of a Doubt, and I, would, I, I still enjoy disliking <laughs> this album. Um, but having, having sat through the full album several times this week, um, I think it's, there's, there's, it's one of those things that happen. I, I get this when, um, sometimes as an experiment, I will try and learn a song that I don't like on the guitar or something. And in the process of learning that song, you become familiar with it and you become, you know, it's bits may catch you as, as being clever and at first listen and it sort of charms you and that. And you can get into it in a way that is, uh, that you, that you just can't from just listening to it. And I think pouring over the tracks on this album again and again and again, kind of in jokes and standing kind of positive punchlines and how just how very much we've done about systematic abuse over the over the weeks. Um so I've got a soft spot for this album though, in as much as I they feel like people that I know from a pub, these songs. These are people that I recognise now. Uh even scenario, I can kind of listen with a with a glint in my eye. And a, and a kind of humid ear. Um, and it does, it's not as bad as we have made it out to be, this album. And you're probably right, on a statistical basis, it probably is more listenable than something like Caustic's Home Lost Seventh Life or something like that. Um, but at the same time, there is this kind of, it, there's not many fall albums that don't feel like they've had any gigging before they've been put on record. And that's what this album sounds like. It's Sounds like an album that hasn't been gigged or recorded it. And that's the bagginess that I think all of us object to as, you know, sort of musicians and people who've performed and gigged, toured and all that kind of thing. It's like you get an ear for that type, that type of dynamic of a record. And that's that's what is uh is both where its charm comes from and the bits that amuse us, and it's also the bits that are a bit great in really, because they would have the the kinds of rough edges that get knocked off from gigging, aren't they? They're just playing the song live over and over again you just tighten up certain bits that are just that, that are baggy and boring it's just got quite a few baggy and boring bits that are like systematic abuse for eight minutes which is a bit unjustifiable Das Boot which we all really really liked is still a ten minute slog whichever way you cut it um, and even so and but there are moments of, of, of genius like The Usher which is absolutely which we did a few weeks ago didn't we which we all sort of cooed about and all saw that as, as being a really good one and uh, what, was the, what was the other one coming to mind um, do you know even stuff like Falso and Over Over it's like it's kind of won me over in, in a, when I used to go um, when I was on the doll and I had nowhere else to go no money or anything I used to hang around in a record shop uh, on, on with a market guy who was obsessed with the Beatles Steve, Steve if yeah. you're listening hey, Steve if you're listening Steve yeah uh, and he would listen to anything that was the Beatles and not just listen to it, but like over and over again, like he's bootleg. I remember Revolution Number no. Nine playing over and over again in the shop, and becoming familiar with those tracks, even though I hated them. And the familiarity comes something that you come full with, isn't it? And it's got a bit of that for me. This album, now it's it's a bit like a cut pair of slippers that don't look very nice. They are cool, but I'll, um, so I can enjoy it in the comfort of my own home. But uh, it's not one of those albums I'd be recommending. No, and no, no, that um, Steve Stall where you would go by and he'd be playing like stuff that you can now get like six well, what get back nine hours of the practicing songs yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why he was playing those tapes that were just 
but just hours of them just like doodling about for half a song here. They're oh, all yeah. all seventy takes of "She Loves You" or whatever. Somebody <laughs> 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 got him off somebody. Um, but yeah, you get to know the wrinkles of it. And and one thing again with the the poll this week, people kept pointing out that the stuff live was great. And the ads got that yes, last night, the is, Palace yeah. stuff. And th- this is a good band, and they do sound good yeah. live. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I meant so- to say that song because on the I've been listening to what Spotify this week, and on the extended version, there is like two albums worth of live stuff on the on the extended version of this. And it's great. It, it really is good because I was comparing and contrasting old songs that the previous lineups had knocked out and they, they, they knock away the part of the great. It's, yeah. It would have been a good gig. Uh, and even the stuff, so going back to my kind of gigging point with the album, the stuff, once they've got out on the road and they're playing live, they, they take on a new bit of energy, don't they? So yeah, they are, they are talented musicians. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at what Ezra has to say. Well, first, I'll, I'll give you the info. So it was recorded... Um, uh, 2006 came out early 2007 again Gracie lands in Rochdale Lisa Stansfield studio and again out on on slogan and the cover we haven't talked too much about covers tonight the English cover is is this one which is kind of a fake stained glass or um mosaic kind of thing right isn't it so and you know it's not terrible but it's also not not particularly awe inspired but the one we've talked about is the American cover which is the the family photo um this is for you so but I used to work in social services this family would definitely get a welfare check you Got the, you've got the brother on the side there who's, who's well behaved. He, and He's doing all right for himself, isn't he? He's got his own car. And it descends down into this kind of gaggle in the middle with Dave Spur in the background just glaring at you. And uh, Smith, <laughs> as um, as Uncle old Uncle Peter, is just there for the afternoon. Um, it's, it's not front and centre on that photograph, though, which is unusual. No, there's not a lot of fall covers with a band picture on it, like User Syndrome comes to mind, and he's front and centre there and I think is is he front and centre on um, Curious uh, Friends Experiment where, where half of the band's covered by the letters of, of the title <laughs> <laughs> is it, do you reckon that's his best jumper do you reckon he's got his best jumper but Elaine Elaine has been in, in the, the loop for a few years now and she's she's dressing him nicely and he's well presented and uh, she's a uh, God bless her she was um, a force for good through this entire period um, here's what Ezra had to say about uh, the TLC. He he's always been a little bit more generous with it, I think, than we have. That's just his nature, isn't it? Because <laughs> he's young and idealistic. Exactly. Oh, he somewhat confusingly sent me extra bits after the original <laughs> original section. So I'll see what I can do. Reformation post TLC, unless of course the only way was down. He he thinks we're reading these back to back. So in his last message, like half an hour ago he said the only way is up if you remember so now he's referring back to that that's not how this works. In Ezra's comments. <laughs> that's not how it works Ezra Reformation post TLC unless of course the only way was down and down it was so far down it's actually an achievement of sorts where the cover to heads was charmingly cack 
where the cover to heads was charmingly cack-handed. The cover to this was just cack, abject cack. Big Head and his wife should hang their heads. The first fall album that can be accurately described as lacklustre. A few of these rockers could rub shoulders with the big boys like incels following their rugby team to Weatherspoons in the hope of skirt by association. It says, all you need to know that the best track is an 11-minute long analogue pagan rite composed with the intention of animating a Stay Puffed Man Golem version of Malcolm Mooney. Divine intentions dashed by lack of ideas. So maybe not as kind as, as we initially thought. Alistair, what do you think of Reformation post-TLC? Well, picking up on what Phil was saying about the sort of uh, familiarity thing, I can kind of get that because that's the way that um, commercial radio stations work, play all the same shit shit all the time and everybody's happy they're in the, the comfort zone um so yeah that argument that that definitely works and you know i've i've, I've kind of warmed to it a little bit as well i uh, you know there's bits on it which you just go yeah it's all right bits on it but most of it's a bit kind of like meh i mean the usher's good do like that um in dashboard is absolutely fantastic once you get past the the roger waters wanking off guitar but uh you're into like really really nice territory um sonically it's it's fantastic so you know they, they've got moments where they're really excelling uh on this lp uh, and then moments where it's just kind of a bit nah, no uh, we'll, we'll move on to the next song uh, so it's, it's a mixed bag it's a mixed it bag is the, the, I, I do think the guitar is the weak link on the album we've we've been very harsh on well we're not we've just been very honest about Greenware and his contributions uh, to the fall stuff and it's perhaps disappointing kind of tendency to, to fall in the in the in the rather dreary and uh, and a bit boring. And I think this this has a similar kind of vibe. The guitar tends to fall into the predictable, cheesy, uninspired, wandering around aimlessly at times on, on tunes. Doesn't really hit the mark in the way. But it's interesting you're saying that Dev Spur kind of comes on board at this point. Because I do think that um what you one of the, the, the gleams of light perhaps on this album is a return to a bass heavy sound um it's i i do i do see that happening on this album certainly is not talking about the next album yet but that kind of comes through a lot more on the next album um so there is there's glimmers of hope here even even given all the kind of restraints they put themselves in terms of uh, what they had to produce and it is it's, it's a landmark lp um for landmark me LP, you mean a landmark lp because it's the first lp uh, where you can hear uh, whistles from Mark Smith's teeth. Mm. <laughs> yeah, over, over a bit of a there's sausages kind of thing going on. So, <laughs> Greenway does show up on a few, and, and it's interesting. So Barbato and Spur are both credited with bass all the way through. So is this a two-bass lineup, the only two-bass lineup of the fall, or did they just trade songs? It's, it's unclear. I can't really hear evidence of two bass lines going on. I had noticed it. No. No, and so, so straight on, Kafka had two basses for a time, and it's, yeah. it's a very difficult thing to pull off. Yeah. Uh, it's 
it's much easier for them to kind of just be doubling up on each other. Like with drums, I, I think it's easier to kind of find different spaces to play in. Whereas if you've got something melodic going on that can as well, it's more restrictive. I didn't hear two verses on this. No. Smith used to be a fan of uh, Evil Blizzard. Uh, he hadn't spoken him quite a few times. They got like three verses. Right. That's just showing off. What does Tim think of this record, dare I ask? I'll tell you right away. He's put great live bands, terrible album. I really dislike the production sound, sort of cavernous. He's right, actually, right that. The production's a bit cavernous. Sort of cavernous in a 60s-ish kind of way. But it deadens all the impact. Songwriting feels half-baked and reverb-drenched vocals suck. Strangely, I didn't mind it at release, but I like it less every year. Interesting. He's on a different journey from us, but he generally agree- agrees with the consensus that... Uh, and yeah, we've said before, and uh, as I, I spend more time with it, giving them a little bit more, you know, empathising a little bit more with the pain of the, the post-TLC band of like, you're in the middle of a tour, you come on board, you kind of scratch together some fall-ish sounding stuff and don't do a terrible job of, of putting them together and then you have to lay them down and record them in Rochdale of all places. Oh, given given that though, there's a lot more um, obvious attempts at trying to do slightly more avant-garde pieces on this than either of the two albums we've just been talking about. Okay. This, it's, you know, Das Boot and uh, Usher and things like that. They're, they are being, they are, weirdly, they are being genuinely more creative in the songwriting uh, and more adventurous in the studio, but at the end product tends to be a lot more pedestrian for some reason. Very nice. Yeah, the highlights of it, they're the ones that are a bit mad. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the right stuff, which we've not talked about yet, with the which says Elaine, you think, is actually pretty delightful. Um, mm. And yeah, the weirder ones, like that's Boot the Usher, even Coaching Horses, which I liked and stuff. So yes, maybe, maybe it's it's prime to wait. Maybe that'll be the story of this podcast. The finals made up of entirely of songs from Book Reformation. <laughs> the redemption arc. The final is the insult song versus the usher. Exactly. Uh, well, he went out, didn't he? Yeah, it's just so. Spoiler. Um, yeah, we've, we've called it then. We've all been on a journey down the, the road to Domestos, I think. Exactly. How about uh, this review, though, Philip? You've got to go back to the late 80s to hear a fall record with this kind of punch. A fine garage, a fine garage rock album. The rhythm section sounds like a Roots Rabbit reggae dub album. It's like Lieb. <laughs> it's like oh, Lieb again. Say that out loud again. The rhythm section sounds like a Roots reggae dub album. It's like Lee Perry producing the fall. <laughs> Smith is clearly invigorated by the recent upheaval, snapping and snarling away his guts overflowing with bile. The material here is as good as that which graced recent fall albums such as Heads Roll and Country on the Click. The floor is yours, Philip. Wow. Fuck me, there's some mental people out there, isn't there? I mean, it's like, oh yeah, I know they've said that out loud, I can really hear the uh, the roots <laughs> dub and reggae feel to this album. Can't, I just don't realise well, Hold on, he's, he's put something on the bottom. He's put something on the bottom. Hold on. I was listening to a mangled version of Bob Marley's Legend. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, I really, well, I tell you what, actually, where, I'll, where I will uh, find coming 
great with that is I do think the drum and bass on it is 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 decent and is it, there's nothing embarrassing from a drum and bass point of view on it. I mean, it's some of it's a bit dull, a bit jammy, but uh, there's nothing embarrassing on it. The production's perhaps a bit uninventive, but um, like I said, for for me, it's the guitar that's the weak link on itself. So I wouldn't have anything next to say about the rhythm section on it. So maybe that would <laughs> be charitable. Maybe that's what they get. Paul's dub album. All right, I'll let's talk about this one. <laughs> The There's most the people who put Levitate into the uh, the worst album bag, aren't we? I think so. I've not written down the names of these people. Um, and to be honest, I, I've mashed together several reviews to get the most interesting bits. Let's pull <laughs> the curtain. Um, what about this one, Al? One of the more accessible fall albums. Plenty of grooves and even some catchy melodies. Mark sings well. Extremely consistent. The best fall album since The Unutterable. Seems like Mez made the right decision to get rid of the TLC band. I wasn't impressed by the earlier album, Heads Roll, but there's nothing here that's, that's as bad as that generic garage rock on that album. It's crouty, adventurous and experimental. Reminds me of the Friends experiment. Best of all, the sound of this album is a delight for my ears. Loves the production, thinks it's the best album since The Unutterable, accessible, much crouty and adventurous and experimental, unlike Boo heads roll. Come on, Al. Well, there's you know elements of truth in there, like, but I think they kind of like not seeing the big picture really, like you know, saying it's the best LP since heads roll. Um, unutterable. Unutterable. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's that's a bit kind of. Well, yeah, if you're going to come out with a statement like that, you need to listen to the bloody LP so you don't make yourself look daft in print. Well said. Your <laughs> well said. So um, let's leave behind TLC and have a listen to an interview before we move on. Ben Pritchard is on guitar. Um, Alini uh, Pillow, that's my wife. It's like you forgot her name at one point there, right? Well, let's have a listen. How I don't do like you... to socialise with them. How do you actually write your songs? Obviously, you write the words. But when mm. it comes to the music, how do you actually put these songs together? Do you play the guitar, for instance? Uh, I used to, but I gave it up when I used to play the piano as well. But I stopped, so... Okay. Um, because I'm, I'm sort of very in the atonal, you know. Mm -hmm. I sort of dislearnt a lot of things. So the actual where, s the where, structures where, of your songs, where do they come from then? I do the structures. Well, I do, I do, I do it. Uh, I whistle and things like that into a tape recorder and play at the group. But that's only fifty percent of the work. The other fifty percent is tunes that are put forward by the group. So Which they, is very interesting. You see, if they're not, because if they're not fall fans, they're not going to. Give me a... I mean, you won't believe the rubbish I got, you know, like, <laughs> get, like, sub-Pink Floyd, Eric Clapton stuff from them, the young kids. That's surprising, Yeah. So that is how I heard he works, right? He'll go and he'll say, have you got any songs? So I remember Brammer talking, like, says, like, Matt, and you come back in the band, you got any songs? And he'll, he'll go down the pub with them. Um, he was talking about going around the pub with Spencer Birtwistle and saying, have you got any songs for me? And he'll, like, he'll buy songs. I bring people in the band and say, you've got to turn up with three or four songs every time. Or uh, And then, you know, might give them a little bit of a tape or an idea to, to kind of play along with. It's an interesting way to compose. He never went down that path of... of uh, Starting to compose stuff himself. Orchestras. That would have been that would have been the standard move, wouldn't it? Gonna get an orchestra into the studio and put some strings on that. Yeah, flirt okay. with brass and later rue it. Let's let's move on, shall we, to the last album that we're looking at this evening, which is Imperial Wax Solvent, which is the first group with the lads on it. That would be uh 
Peter Greenway, Dave the Eagle Spur, Kieran Mellon, and of course Elaney and Smith are still there. So let's have a bit of a listen to some of that. Oh. 
searching with no results. I was provoked. It was not in accord with any known law. Laughing in the middle. Fifty-eight. Driver B released over young. Where more dancing food is coming from? So Imperial Wax Solvent recorded once again, mostly in, in Graceland studio. It released 2008 on Sanctuary label, um, produced by Showbiz and Smith. But Andy Tomer of Mouse on Mars was around there as well, but it, it's not super clear what he did other than on the, the maybe the Tarig song, which I think he had to be candid. Um, yeah, this is the group that basically stayed around for six albums. So this is our penultimate set of albums next the next one we do will be the last five that will take us right up until the end um yeah it's the first time they haven't managed to get an album in a year which basically means they spent a lot more time on it i think which is a good sign and it's really clear that the that the tracks had been worked over a long the previous batch. What does um what does Pip think of this album? Uh well it's it's leaps and bones uh better than the previous album. Um you can really tell that there's a lot more time been invested in it. It's not got any of the bagginess uh that the previous album has. Um there is uh much like the the first album that we started with Country Click, there is a lot of strength strong songwriting going on in this album there is um we were all grinning away there is uh, we were playing tracks tracks off it it's it was hard to uh perhaps pick the the weaker tracks on this one just because it's uh, it's a much more consistent album got some classics on it batch key kid uh, senior stock like uh twilight stock replies so things like that um that are very singable very joinable uh catchy tunes uh the band is tight and well rehearsed but it's it's also where you start to feel a bit of a trade-off isn't it between the the exciting dangerous unexpected all starts to become a lot more processed pro tools neat coloring within the lines kind of stuff um and you start to also get this weird uh juxtaposition between smithy becoming a more experimentalist vocalist um but the band itself just becoming a very tight backwash for some of that stuff to go on this is the, the kind of birth of some of those cheesier riffs that are started to find the way in the well recorded the well played forms loads of energy you know it's like you have push to say anything wrong with it in fact they're just a little bit less inventive than they would have been uh, in any previous uh, lineup. Um, and I think that's the only criticism of it really a bit too safe musically a bit too tame musically but a great album uh, and definitely one of those that you would give somebody the first listen um, but I think with this particular lineup, I think this is probably 
probably their best showing um, just because of that trade-off that starts to happen, I think, between um, the music getting a bit safer uh, and Mez getting more interest in terms of vocalists. Yeah, I think uh, Sublingual Tablet is is better with even with the same lineup. This uh, is definitely the, the the next one for for me in that batch. Um, here's what Ezra had to say about this one. Imperial lacks solvent after snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. They only go around and turn it around again. Victory is snatched back and snatched from defeat. Bloody fucking rock and roll or what, mate? The, this one comfortably wins prizes for the best title and cover from this batch. Great image of blue-headed Smith with rabbit eyes chundering green bile into the eyes of the listener. The Alchemadabulous title and image sucking together the stained glass jam fracture of TLC and waxing it pubulous puret rock to an immaculate sheen. Another late period throbber with the silver fox fuckery of 50-year-old man, a song that all men should be legally obliged to sing at least once in the course of the 50th spin on the globe. Um, what was his what was his opening line on that? On that, then. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, they only go around okay. and turn it around again. Victory is back and snatched from defeat. So invisible, invisible Timothy Twartois starts off with great record, almost sabotaged by perversity. Interesting. I'll, I'll read this now. Why is a bunch of it in a bad mono? Why is strange town even shitter than I expect it to be? The highlights are like Aaron FLP, the slightly off kilter stuff in this era. I think there were a bunch of wide burst numbers which are great in a gig stuff like Wolf Kiddles 50 year old man Tommy Shooter but in the cold light of day have less impact when I'm at home with the headphones on give me Alton Towers and the Queasy Wobble Can Can Summers Discourse Field Torix Tote Electro Exploding Chimneys Sub Bass Throb and Scuzzy Guitar Fill the highs are very high here in my opinion this is also the start of the last lineup, right oddly doesn't sound like it to me sounds more akin to the FHR group than the group on the next album onwards I see this album as the end of song rather than the beginning of what happens next I'll give him that it's a transitional album and Alton Towers which I really like is another misdirect because it is wonky in a way that the rest of the album is not and I think I throw the same criticism as Head's Roll in which that the songs are actually decent they're well recorded but that whiff of the pub in Kiddled Man 50 year old man even Strange Town Tommy Shooter Senior Twilight it's just right. too. Yeah, one of the yeah. obvious ones. All, all of it just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. And and I do again like the weirder ones. I'll I'll take Torig and I've been duped Alton Towers. Um and and yeah, bits of like the stuff like Smithy's voice on Latchkey Kid and, and that nonsense like that. So it is a strong album, but you know, again, what I'm learning is if you if only was able to listen to one record, I'd pick Reformation over this to listen to. Because there's more songs in it that I would, uh, the weird ones that I like. Um, if you watch that in the basement that they did with Nigel Godrich, there was a, that's a that's a good decent recording of these live, and they do sound good and muscular, and it does work. And so it's in there. It's just it's totally about me and my taste. That it's like I don't I don't need to listen to Wolf Kiddle Man and Fifty Year Old Man five more times. I've I've heard enough. They're not. But I don't think they're giving me anything new. Um, what is amazing is that Smith was only 50 at this point. I'm 48. Smith was 50 at this point in the fall's journey. <sighs> Jeez Louise. 
What does Alistair think of Imperial Wax Solvent? I mean, it's it's um, it's got its highlights, definitely, as, as you've, you've said. Um, and it is, again, the, the more odd stuff, the more creative stuff that um, I appreciate more stuff that it's LP. Uh, you know, there's, there's times when it is a little bit tame, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, bonuses, a lot of plus points that you can pull from it. Um, I think it's where, you know, you start getting the, the more growly vocal delivery going on. Um, it, it, like you said, we experiment in a little bit more with uh, with a voice and uh, you know Elaine kind of like getting a foot in uh, for yeah I think you so you can hear you can you can see a footprint there on the, on this LP um, but yeah it's, it's you know it's, it's a funny LP the, the, you know there's a, a nice odd bits to it it does make me laugh. Um, then the recording's not bad either. Uh, you know, there's bits where it's in the red, so uh, that's always going to appeal to me. Uh, but you know, all in all, it's 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 it's, it's okay. It's not yeah. shit. It's, it's not a shit, and it's the twenty sixth album this band had put out. <laughs> who else is who else is twenty sixth album? Is it's the twenty sixth studio album? Twenty sixth albums. You do that kind of thing in an afternoon. Well, I do, but I don't have the quality of things like Reformation. Plus DLC. <laughs> I, I actually agree with you. Very good. <laughs> How about this? How about this review? As a full-blooded... I'll, I'll throw this one to filth. As a full-blooded fall devotee, <laughs> I can't help but feel that Reformation was the better album, with more visionary lunacy, both long and short form. This is what a, a, a thoroughfare maybe feels like. It's accessible, it's crowd-pleasing. Sounds like, hey, I'll take that. Um, Mark is very nearly cogent most of the time and sounds like he's having fun but it's a kind of sort of innocuous harmless fun that wouldn't result in you getting your teeth kicked in if you looked at him sideways he even does funny voices like accents and shit uh, yeah what do you make about that i probably agree with that to be honest with you i think that's, that's the first summing up really um it is it is accessible and it is a fun album to listen to oh uh, what do you reckon to uh, uh yeah I'll, sh- I'll throw a review your way and you can tell me sure. what you think generally boring too long 50 year old man 11 minutes repetitive and already done by the fall 10 times the poor sound does not help in fact there's two wonderful songs on this album they're the ones that smith doesn't sing on that is uh, i've been duped and towering everything else not so much um i think they're missing the point a little bit again there um make sure you, you wonder if they do just like listen to it once and then you know first impressions were that you know it's multifaceted this lp uh, i think the previous review you've got a little bit better you know a bit bit, bit more right than this this uh, chap or chap s has done um with the humor that, that's in it because uh, it is funny lp at times you know there's the, the bits about uh like tommy shooter knees to noodles and uh the daft voices so we had to turn into me you know but i am a, a very childish individual as you all know very good very good indeed well that kind of brings us more or less to the end i'm going to play a few short clips at the end the first one i'm going to play bits of um the time he met uh, frank skinner in the pub um when he interviewed him Hello, Stuart. Yeah. Might do some of that. I think you should say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chapter 15, you know, when they run out of stuff to say. Put me in, Mark. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always nice to meet famous comedians like Frank Skinner. There you go, there's your opening line. (laughs) 
I'm very excited about meeting you. Reflecting on my life. Time. Reflecting on my life. Yeah. <laughs> I was quite worried about meeting you, though. You know. Now I will hang myself. I love you, Mark. I love you. You changed my life. Well, yeah, good. Uh, I don't know. I'm telling you. Well, good. Kick up. Kick up. <laughs> the fall. Oh, I'm, I'm saying in, in myself. Right. I'm a big fall fan like you are. Are you really? Yeah, I'm a big fall fan. Brilliant. Shall we just talk about the fall and how good they are? Yeah. He has shown that there is a way. So, um, he, he meets Frank Skinner, right? And Frank uh, disarms him by telling him he loves him. He changed my life, Mark. And he goes all quiet, doesn't he? And sappy, and he says, oh, well, that's good. I like that. And uh, Frank was talking about it on Adam Buxton, you know, Adam Buxton podcast, and they're, they're both four fans, and they're, they're talking about, like, how nervous he was meeting um, meeting Mark because he was a huge four fan. And, like, when he told him he loved him and he changed his life, and he said he just, that was after that. He just, just totally disarmed him and he turned into this, like, he didn't know what to say um he did better than adam buxton did uh, when they had him on final justice on the adam and josh oh yeah yeah <laughs> he, there's a bit where buxton there's this clip where he talks about that and he talks about going there and that wasn't smith's house that was buxton's apartment and they had to do it in and, and smith was very demanding and buxton was like they're, they're on the edge the whole day and um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know there's a list of demands and uh it's very funny if you can find that clip of uh, adam buxton talking about the final justice thing. They didn't think they'd get him. They made it like a wish list of people they wanted and, and they just didn't believe for a second Smith would agree to do it. But uh, he did and it was very funny. But there's also that clip where um, on the Frank Skinner uh, with Badil where they would do, I think, How I Wrote Elastic Man, the Badil's playing it on the guitar. And, uh, that's I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. I'm going to finish up for, for real with um, the, the... Actually, no. I'm going to save that clip, Boy is Jesus, for the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Makes more sense, doesn't it? So, that's it. Anything got, got anything to say about those four uh, beautiful albums? Imperial Wax Solvent, Reformation Post TLC, Heads Roll, and Country on the Click. I've enjoyed yeah. it more than I thought I would. <laughs> no, it was, it was interesting. And it is, again, Pete himself, but it's the strangest stuff that's really standing out to me, like with this era. They, they did some stuff that's very semi, uh, has, been, has been pointed out in some of the reviews. But uh, yeah, they, when, they, when they start getting odd, they, they do it well. Yeah, every, every album's got about 56. 60% of chuggy pub rockers and like a, a good solid chunk of experimental or weirder stuff on every album enough to keep you interested and enough just to keep your toe tapping as well if that's what you're out there for it's a solid run of albums reformation maybe being the blip in there and i made the case that 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 it's one story basically once hanley's gone um just before marshall's suite they had a couple of albums where they would were scratching around and then once you country on the click hit right to the end with the exception of reformation it it's one solid kind of story of the fall mark too in my mind yeah and they yeah. sort of get in the lane and, and they, they know where they're going now don't they it's just it's just it just powers along yeah and so what that means is the next um the the next special that we do at the end of the next set of um episodes will we'll, um, feature uh, Your Future Our Clutter Ersatz GB Remit Sublingual Tablet and New Facts Emerge and then we've done it we've mm. talked about the whole bloody the whole bloody bag so um, have a rest before we get round to that one and next week if all goes according to plan we'll have a fun Christmas extravaganza are we still up for that? Christmas show yeah alrighty take it easy my friends fabulous and, uh, see you later Bye. see you soon bro. cheers